Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Online, it's become a frequently asked question. How do eels, those long, writhing fish you might have seen at an aquarium or on a menu, go about making eel babies? How do eels reproduce? For real, people have studied these creatures for literally thousands of years, but even after all this time, some aspects of their breeding lives are still shrouded in mystery. And to get the skinny on eel reproduction for the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with an expert, Caroline Dureff an ecologist at the Norwegian Institute of Marine Research who studies the habits of these incredible fish. Okay, first off, calling something an eel doesn't make it one, necessarily. Uh, No doubt you've heard of the South American electric eel. Uh, Despite its common name, that dramatic fish isn't really an eel. It's a bizarro carp relative that's classified as a knife fish. 
The Order Anguilliformes contains all of the world's true eels. There are more than 800 species, from mores, uh, you know, Ursula's sidekicks from The Little Mermaid, to the aptly named spaghetti eels. Usually slender and elongated, true eels do not have pelvic fins, which are twin appendages often found on the underbellies of other fish. Eels can be scaleless. Uh, many species feel slippery to the touch. And saltwater is the preferred habitat for the majority of eels. However, there are 19 species of so-called freshwater eels, or anguilids, which spend some stages of their lives in fresh water. They spawn in the ocean, uh, that is, the adults produce eggs and sperm, and then the resulting babies hatch there. Uh, but they grow in fresh water before returning to the sea. Saying that these fish have a complex life cycle is a little bit of an understatement. If it survives to reach sexual maturity, a freshwater eel will have gone through five distinct stages. With each new phase, the animal experiences both a physical transformation and a shift in lifestyle. Durek explained, the first stage is called the leptocephalus larva. They're called leptocephalus because lepta means leaf and cephalus means head. True to the name, the newborn larvae have leaf-shaped bodies that appear broad and flattened in profile. In biological jargon, their bodies are laterally compressed. Being nearly transparent, they're also very well camouflaged. Imagine trying to recover a lost contact lens from the bottom of a swimming pool. Leptocephalus larvae are ocean-going animals. Eventually, though, instinct pushes them to find a change in scenery which is where the change into the second phase of the life cycle occurs. Durif said, They migrate for great distances. They drift through the Gulf Stream. Then, when they reach the continental shelf, they metamorphose into glass eels. Glass eels are still more or less transparent, but they're longer and skinnier by comparison. And they're attracted to fresh water, so they head inland by traveling up rivers. And that brings us to life stage number three, yellow eels. Unlike the transparent larvae and glass eels, these guys have body pigment with a yellowish overall complexion. But it's not the last color change that the fish will go through. Durf said, when they're ready, they become silver eels, which is like puberty. We often call them silver because they have a silver belly and a black dorsal area. It's an adaptation to predation. Uh, many fish have this basic color pattern. When viewed from below, their silver bellies blend in with the brighter light coming from the surface. And when viewed from above, their darker backs blend in with the dimmer water below. But this change in eels doesn't happen overnight. Transitioning from a yellow eel to a silver eel can take 20 or 30 years. Once the process finally ends, they return to their roots and head seaward. Only then can the eels attain sexual maturity, the fifth and final stage in their life cycle. However, we don't know much about the reproductive stage of anguillid eels because no one has ever caught a sexually mature eel alive in the wild. Likewise, no one has observed these eels spawning in their natural habitat. The scientists have yet to catch wild anguillids in the act, if you will. Whatever happens out there, Experts think freshwater eels die shortly after mating. The laboratory researchers have managed to induce sexual maturity in silver eels by injecting them with hormones. But after the transition, their health declines. 
Durf said, the bones become decalcified, like a woman during menopause. It's super interesting, actually. And then their digestive tract, their gut, regresses. Maybe that's just as well. Breeding-age freshwater eels get together in places where their usual food options, like insects and small fish, are probably rare or non-existent. Out in the Atlantic Ocean, there's a region called the Sargasso Sea. Unlike the Mediterranean, the Red, and most other seas, this one is not bordered by any land masses. Instead, its borders are formed by strong ocean currents. Both American and European species of freshwater eels come here to reproduce. A research suggests that they might use magnetic fields as a navigation tool. The European eel has the longest path to travel— Some individuals transverse around 5,000 miles or 8,000 kilometers to get there from Norway. Half a world away, the freshwater eels that live in and around the Pacific Ocean have spawning areas of their own. The Japanese eel is thought to breed at a site west of the Mariana Islands. Other species could be procreating somewhere between New Caledonia and Fiji. Eels release their eggs underwater to be fertilized by clouds of expelled sperm. Uh, That goes for both freshwater eels and the non-freshwater species, such as the aforementioned mores and conger eels. Speaking of which, Duraf explained that we know even less about conger eels than anguilids when it comes to reproduction. She said, We think there is at least a spawning area in the Mediterranean, maybe? Hopefully, future research will shed some light on their private lives. Today's episode is based on the article, How Do Eels Reproduce? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Mark Mancini. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.